Well, that's a way to finish the uh, the local baseball season yes. there. Congrats to uh, Chris Coast and the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks. And uh, Derek, you and I uh, made the mention uh, the Redhawks didn't take the easy way in the postseason no. in, uh, by any stretch of the imagination as we bring in Jack Michaels in route to, uh, to Grand Forks. And um, it was kind of the road less traveled for the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks. But uh, in the end, it leads, uh, it leads to a, uh, the first American Association title for the franchise. It's a good thing they're not scripted, right, guys? Because I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could. Derek's a good storyteller. Brad, you, you're a good storyteller, but I'm not sure if anybody could have uh, could have story could have told that story last night or, or have it pre-written anyway. But yeah, I like the way you put that. They they did take the the road that was maybe a little bit harder road with zigs and zags, but uh, I'll tell you. Uh, the bottom line is they, they got her done, and, and what a game last night. That was like I said three games and one almost last night, but pretty wild stuff on the north side of Fargo and could be happier uh, for the organization and Chris and Anthony and Kevin McGovern and Robbie and the Thomes and Matt Rao, the GM, the whole organization. Really, really a fun night, and the fans, number one. You know, they waited, about, as you said, a dozen years uh, since their last title and finally got one in the AA. So pretty pretty good Thursday night in Fargo, North Dakota. And I would say to win a championship in that league, by the end of the reign in the Northern League in 09 and, and in 2010, not to dismiss those championships, you, you they win those titles, but by then the league was kind of a shadow of what it uh, had been. And this, you know, the American Association, honestly, through the years, and there have been some teams that have moved on and moved out and we've, we've replaced a few and added a few, but, you know, in independent baseball, that is still a very well thought of league and a very stable league. Yeah, I would say that it's as it's it's the best independent league in the country, with all due respect to the Atlantic League and some of the other leagues out there. I think you said it best. It doesn't diminish, you know, those final couple in the Northern League, but it had, you know, dimin- you know, it dissipated a bit with some of the teams, and uh, to win one of the American Association. You guys have seen the rosters and the arms that are coming in. This is, this is at times just a solid, you know, double A, triple A type league, and and you have got to fight through some, some adversity and go through some big arms. The fact that the Red Hawks did that, you know, the the win over Kansas City was incredible to beat the Monarchs and to come back and and face what they did. And without John Silviano, Brad, you were there when. When Johnny got injured Sunday, and Nick Novak, I, I love that kid. He just finds a way to to contribute, and he did last night again. And and uh, you know they've had, had arms that gone down, and, and it's guys all pulling for each other. You know, and poor Joe Jones, I just felt almost sick to my stomach for poor Joe. The you know who thought Keon Barnum, who's the you know the David Ortiz size, was gonna right. you know shockingly <laughs> try to steal third base, and I think every jaw. Every John Newman must have just dropped. And, you know, that, that freaky thing that happened when you don't expect it, now all of a sudden the bottom falls out and you're trying to put the pieces back together and climb back. Mike Skogan, our dear friend, and, and runs the ball yard, texts me this morning. And because I had said over on KFG today, I says, we don't realize what it takes to erase a five-run deficit at the time when they had to do it after expending all that energy to try to get the lead in the first place and then to, to just be down five runs. I mean, 
it's a very low percentage because you have you've spent it all, and and to reach down and find more in <laughs> five runs to tie it and and then just hang with it and find a way to win it. Yeah, that was it was a good exhaustion. I think I'll put it that way. Yeah, and I, the other thing I told Derek too is that uh, is with this team and the road that they took, they have the manager that just embodies it all. There's the uh, you know. Yep. The 33-year-old rookie yeah. as manager there in Chris Coast, the the guy that uh, you know who was the architect of this, and and what Anthony Renz has done for this uh, for, for this organization has been incredible. But it just it, the leadership factor of that, it just seems like the the, the perfect guy to lead this bunch. Yeah, Jeff Bittiger, who uh, you know, Bit is the silent you know the silent partner, so right. to speak, behind the scenes that that is uh, you know procuring those a lot of those players, and he'll chat with Chris and Anthony and. You know, Kevin McGovern and, you know, even uh, Jeff's son, Brett, now, who's well on his way to a huge career as a as a Major League Baseball scout. Uh, you know, it's just, hey, take a look at this guy. Hey, what do you think of that guy? And, you know, all of a sudden, a Peyton Wigginton is on your team. And all of a sudden, you know, this guy's on your team. And, and then pretty soon you've built a team. You know, this group, and Brad, now you've been around him. Derek, you, you've been to the ballpark and seen these guys. Uh, there's no awkwardness. There's no uncomfortableness. New players are welcomed in with open arms. It is just, and you're right, Chris Coast's demeanor and Anthony Renz and, and Kevin McGovern, the way, and Robbie Lopez, the way they conduct themselves and let guys be pros. You know, have you ever worked for, well, I maybe shouldn't even ask this over the radio station because we work <laughs> in, in a business that sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. It's all another animal. Yeah. Ask yeah. Derek about consulting. Ask Derek about consultings when he was on FMs. But yeah. uh, to work for somebody who lets you do you, you know, just let you be you. And uh, that's what that's what Coaster does. That's what this team does. Just you guys are pros. Not going to get in the way. You go be you. And there's something very um, peaceful about that. Yeah, that's well, uh, the well, way to yeah, describe it. And I think, you know, it's one of those things, too, where I think the biggest thing with Coast, and not all, you know, we talk about radio management, and, you know, I, I can fall in this category sometimes, but Coast is the ultimate. Don't get too highs on the highs and not too lows on the lows, right? And that's a tough thing to find. I think that's the perfect type of leader that you need for a lot of athletes these days. It's, it's such a balance, you know, that you can't. I said last night when the Red Hawks fell down five runs, and let's not kid ourselves, it was it, it, it was a low point. And I always say you got to believe in your bones. It's easy to say you believe, but you really got to believe in your bones that, 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 that you can make a run, make another run. And the, and the fans, I think at Newman certainly understand that, and they're fantastic fans. 1,500 seems like uh, 15,000 at Newman Outdoor Field. They get it. But I said last night, when you're down five, this isn't like football where you make some big 72-yard pass play for a touchdown and all of a sudden you're right back in it. This is baseball that takes time. It takes time to develop a rally and and to get guys on. And hitting a baseball is really hard. Getting hits is really hard to do. And you got, you know, Rodrigo Benoit, a big solid right-hander, that is just throwing gas and you hadn't touched him or Frankie Bartow for, for, for a Milwaukee that, you know, is throwing 97 and coming back with 77 change. And that's hard. So imagine the quality ABs and it takes a manager and a staff 
to allow you to keep your peace because within your comfortableness is where that you're going to be able to make your noise and produce. You can't be all jacked up and up and down and all around. You you can't do it. It's not going to work. And uh, the Red Hawks just know how to do it. <laughs> and we saw it last night. All right, very good. Uh, 12-12, uh, we'll visit with Corey Provis. Jack had a chance to visit with Corey. We'll talk some Twins baseball. Is that uh, that ship is pretty much sunk here in the last <laughs> week and a half. Yeah, I got two different stories yeah, there, right? No kidding. We the team that the, just would not go away in the Red Hawks and then the we Twins went, who just We went uh, full Jim McKay here, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. <laughs> and we'll get the ladder here with uh, Corey that's and the Twins. Uh, oh, that's got to be – that has that that last week – well, Corey had, missed a couple of games, but uh, that had to be uh, – that had to be a rough, uh, rough road to uh, to follow there, as they will be back at home, final home stand of the year against uh, the Angels coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, put your uh, UND hat on here, Jack. Uh, this is, you know, we, now we get into conference uh, play here, and I think I look at your matchup here with uh, UND in Southern Illinois and uh, Missouri State, who is around the corner for UND next week. Uh, so this is a big one in the conference with South Dakota State. Uh, top 10 matchup at Plaster Stadium tomorrow. And it's I think for a number of factors. One, it's early in the conference. And the other fact is that NDSU does not play uh, Missouri State this year. So it's, uh, I think I got another X factor in the, uh, in the yeah. Missouri Valley Football Conference schedule. I, I remember last week when we were having our little round table looking at the upcoming schedule, I, I talked about how I was curious about what Southern Illinois shows up against Northwestern and how they'll fare. And then, of course, they, they pick off a Big Ten team. And, you know, we were talking about NDSU out in the desert and UND going to Flagstaff and, you know, all of those things. And you're right. I think this week my eye will also be on Plaster Stadium. you got most of the teams in the Valley are looking to get off on the, uh, you know, right foot, start off the conference playing the right foot. Then you got teams like North Dakota that not only have started off on a pretty good foot, now they don't want to. You don't want to take a step back, and you realize how large the game is. So as far as the the big games, yes, I agree. Plaster Stadium, uh, Missouri State, and, and South Dakota State is a whopper right out of the gate. I, you know, Jason Shelley, you know, one of the premier players in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, Missouri State, with a number of quality, you know, transfers, and that team is that team is going to make not just noise in the valley. They're going to make a noise. You know, in a, in a probably good playoff run. Who knows? We'll see. And for Bubba Schwager's team against Southern Illinois, you know, Nick Baker, there's a pretty good quarterback for for Southern Illinois, and, and he's progressively just continuing to get better. You know, the Cox boys at the wideout spots are good. He utilizes, I think, 13 different guys have, uh, have, have received passes. So Nick Baker utilizes tight ends, backs, you know, slot guys, wideouts, they are just, and then they, you know, they created four turnovers against Northwestern last week. So uh, for North Dakota, uh, they came away from that Flagstaff game relatively healthy. Um, you know, they'll be without Sammy Ford, who's, you know, and that's that's a tough error for UND. You know, he injured a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I'm curious how the secondary will will rise up after, you know, they've been touched for a couple of, couple of yards now. But offensively, Danny Freund and, and Tommy Schuster, the quarterback, the OC, Danny, uh, I would imagine that they're going to have a nice game plan. And then defensively, uh, this team that, that loves to bring pressures from various spots, uh, the big key to make Nick Baker nervous in that, in that uh, pocket for Southern Illinois. And, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, UND can put another strong showing together this time for the entire 60 minutes. If the last 
five minutes of that game in Flagstaff shows up for 45 minutes tomorrow in, in Carbondale, I would say UND's got a good chance. I think if, if they win this game on the road tomorrow, yeah, it's got to open up some eyes around the country. It's certainly the Missouri Valley Football Conference, don't you think? I mean, because we've talked about this gauntlet that they're I, in. Talk- I mean, that's going to that's gonna make Bubba and the gang pretty happy. Oh, without question, Derek. I mean, uh, every week is big. I get the cliche. You know, we hear, we hear this talk. But let's just let's take 13 seconds to wonder if what you just said, Derek, happens. And now you return home on homecoming, by the way, in the Alero Center, which hasn't been easy for opposition, the no. opponents. That's a, that's, a, that's a building that, that UND protects pretty well against a Missouri State team. I, 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 man alive, yeah, I just kind of got goosebumps right now yeah. thinking if that scenario plays out. Next week will be, next week will be absolutely in, it'll be like the 10th inning last night at Newman Outdoor Field, only all quarter, uh, all game long. So, yeah, that's a big one. Plus, you know, the relationship, Bubba, you know, spent how many years? Sure. Uh, you know, a handful yeah. of years yeah. as a D coordinator. Tom Dosh, my broadcast partner, was a linebacker's coach there. So, there's that familiarity. Uh, but you know, I don't know what it means as far as the X's and O's, but obviously there's a there's a comfortableness. Yeah, we got uh, Paul on the line, and I guess the biggest question before he asks a question, Jack, is, uh, Paul, do you regret that we left, even though it got ch- chilly? Because you know, it didn't, it didn't look good for the Red Hawks. Eight to three, it got a little cold. Are you regretting that we left the game? No, not really. But that was a fun game. I got to listen to you, Jack, on the radio you have the that was an awesome call i appreciated that yeah we should say that right away don't you think brad i mean that that call of the that's gonna go down for the record books for you yes i guess you know you you kind of you and i were talking about this jack about you you grind through and it's a you know august night and tuesday night in sioux city and you're just kind (laughs) of grinding through it's like oh you're thinking could i be somewhere else other than here but then you save it for moments like like that right those are those are the the, the, those will get you through for a long time i'm looking at my crystal ball for this weekend yeah that the vikings are gonna win 24 to 14 24 14 very good all right, Paul, thanks for calling. Well, yeah, the Vikings thanks, in action. Paul. Yeah, a lot of football. You mentioned the UND game tomorrow on uh, KFGO, which is going to be big, obviously. Other Missouri Valley Football Conference. Some NDSU's down at USD expected to win that, obviously. Got to give a little plug, Jack, too, to uh, Jack FM. I mean, this is probably one of the more intriguing uh, games for the Gophers in a while, right? They got this easy non-conference schedule, and now we're going to see how good they are at Michigan State, who is going to be angry at, after they got embarrassed on national TV last Saturday against a team that you're familiar with, Jack, in Washington. Yeah, that's right. Out, uh, yeah, out in the Seattle at Husky Stadium. Yeah, Michigan State. So we'll see what they do against old Sparty. Yep. And uh, you're right. Everything is looking good now. But uh, can they can they now step in and take that next step? Or, you know, is, where does P.J. Fleck have these boys? I'm excited about that one tomorrow, too. That should be fun. All right, Jack. Well, safe travels to you and uh, enjoy. I mean, with your planes, trains, and automobiles will be just now narrowed to the weekend here for the time being, at least yeah. until women's basketball starts. So, uh, yes, that uh, I won't know. You know, the sad part is, guys. And Brad talked about you know the the development with the players, the, the camaraderie, and those those games where there's like sixty people in the crowd <laughs> on the road, and you know, just bus drives where you're stepping on bodies to go pee in the back you know it's like all those 
all those not so glamorous moments that you share. But uh, yeah, plain so I won't. Next week will come, and I we're gonna have to. Derek, you and I, and Brad, Brad, we gotta like join a bowling team. I need something to do after five o'clock at night, so we may have to figure something out next week. All right. Well, I'll say we'll uh, we'll put that on the agenda for next week. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll talk with Corey as you mentioned. Uh, we'll chat with Corey, and maybe not so much as about the X's and O's of Twins baseball, but some topics I think coming up about maybe some of those rule changes that are going to happen in baseball and whatnot. So uh, we'll chat with Mr. Provis coming up soon. Very good. Thanks a lot, Jack. We'll talk to you soon. Safe travels. Okay, guys. Have a good one. Jack Michaels, the voice of the FM Red Hawks, the uh, Fighting Hawks as far as UND is concerned. Obviously a busy, you know, what, 72 hours for him traveling and uh, enjoying the Red Hawks championship win last night. Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen here on the Jack Michaels Show. As you mentioned, baseball this week, Corey Provis and Jack coming up here on 740 The Fan. Jack Michael Show here, 740 The Fan. Well, every Friday we get an opportunity to talk a little baseball with the radio voice of the Minnesota Twins, Corey Provis. And his presence on uh, the air and on the show is brought to you by Dean's Bulk Service. And, you know, we're going to get into, I guess, a lot of stuff, including maybe some rule changes and things of that nature, uh, Corey. But one of the busiest men in the game, the one and only Corey Provis. Corey, I wish today we were chatting a little bit about how the – the Twins took down Cleveland in that five-game series and how they knocked the Royals around, but obviously today uh, we can't discuss that. You know what? We're going to get to all that stuff. But don't, don't start this segment by saying that I have a busy schedule. You have a much more busier schedule than anybody I know. <laughs> so personally, congrats to you and the Red Hawks on a great season and a championship. Awesome. Congratulations. And more than that, uh, condolences from myself and Dana, my family, and all of Twins territory to you on the passing of your good friend and legendary Dodger, Maury Wilkes. I know very close to you, and so when I saw that news, you were the first person I thought of. So condolences to you on, on the passing of your friend. I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, Corey, you and I have been doing this for quite some time, and uh, you, more than anybody, understand relationships that aren't just broadcast partnerships. But friendships, and you, and you hold many of that. So I, I, I really appreciate that, Corey. Thank you to you and and, and, and uh, Dana and your family, too, buddy. So the world lost a good one. I tell you, you know, kind of fortunate uh, with the people that cross in your paths uh, in your life and, and how many of those have you had that, that have made an impact, Corey. And Maury Wills not only did that for the game of baseball, uh, but he did that for everybody he came in contact with. So. Wills is going to be thought of, and I think his name is going to come up a lot uh, in the baseball vernacular and the baseball conversation next season with the rules changing to limiting pickoff throws, the size of the bases going from 15 to 18 inches, try and enhance more stolen base opportunities. And I just think about the game's history and the elite base stealers, you know, the Ricky Hendersons and the Maury Wills. And what they must think, uh, wait a minute, you're doing what? What about my records? And what? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a um, fair point, and, but I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna read and hear a lot about uh, how great Maury Wills was at his craft when we start to really focus in on how we may see, and I think we should see, and, and it's it's going to be better for the game to increase more action, uh, some more stolen base attempts, 
on average in the game starting next season than we've seen in the past you know, 10 or 15 years. Yeah, well said. You know, and, and, and again, we can uh, talk twins, 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 but, you know, the writing on the proverbial wall. To that point, Corey, you know, and by the way, for those that, that don't know, it's kind of the reason the split screen and television came in to be because they had to have a look over at the guy at first. It wills because he might take off. So literally, the split screen that we once saw on television, that's kind of why that, that, that comes into play. Since you brought up the, the changes, uh, Corey, when uh, all of a sudden we're starting to mandate and dictate a little bit over here. Are you all in on what you just talked about? Are you three quarters of the way in? Okay, wait a minute. Let's not mandate shifting here. Let's let's let them do what they want. Uh, where do you sit, Corey, with some of those proposed and I guess accepted uh, changes we're about to see? I am in. I am in on everything, and it's not a company line because I, I think the game needs a jolt. I think the game needs to adapt. My, my six-year-old daughter, bless her heart, she says to me all the time, Dad. I love you. I have to tell you something. I, I don't want you to be offended. I'm like, what? She said, I think baseball is boring. <laughs> and so she's six years old. My nine-year-old and my six-year-old both play. They love playing baseball. They cannot stand watching it at the major league level. And even my nine-year-old, unless he's at the game, he has a hard time watching it. My kids, when they're at Target Field, they come to a few games, they're more excited about seeing their mugs on the video board than they are about watching the game. <laughs> so the fact is the game needs a jolt. And chatting with some friends of mine who, who cover minor league baseball and have, have, have seen these changes in play the last couple of years, they love it. I think universally I have not encountered one person that is, that is against the pitch clock coming to the big league ball. The shift, I think you have some opinions on that. Uh, you know, Danny's not a big fan. He's been pretty vocal about the bases. He doesn't like the bases, you know, being increased from 15 to 18 inches. But you know what? I'm going in open-minded because the game has gotten dull. And I hope that the Twins adapt themselves. This is a team that has been that has been so dependent on home runs and extra base hits to drive their offense well. They're going to have to build, I think, a little different team because if they don't try to increase their athleticism and try to incorporate the stolen base a little bit more than they have, then I think they're going to be behind. So I, I hope that, 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 that whatever the team looks like next season, and it's going to look differently, that they do have guys that will run and will try and run, and Rocco will allow them to run a bit more than we've seen in the past, but they didn't have that complement of players. And you can say, wait a minute, what about Byron? He's one of the fastest players in the game. I said, yes. But the reason why Byron only has like six stolen bases or nine stolen bases a year is because he doesn't walk and he doesn't have too many singles. I mean, the bulk of Byron's hits, Jack, are home runs or doubles or triples. That's sure. why he doesn't have many stolen bases, because he doesn't walk. Well, so, so you can't really put him in that conversation, but I, I do hope that the Twins just have a different look to their team next season that will incorporate that strategy at that new era of big league ball. Otherwise, I, I think they'll be left behind. You know, stealing bases, taking that extra base, you know, being a good base runner, uh, doesn't make you millions of dollars, doesn't get your name in the paper, just helps win baseball games. Something something very true about that, isn't it, Corey? It, it, you know, it, it's something to be said, though, that the the Royals are an example, though, that they do run, and they have run for years. They've had speed because of that big ballpark they play in is not very conducive to hitting home runs. But despite all their success, Jack, leading the league or being top two, top three, it hasn't led to a ton of runs being scored because they get the guys over 
but have not been able to get them in. But they've been presented opportunities with scoring runs. Now, that's a whole separate strategy. And why aren't you getting them in? But they're putting themselves in chances at, at scoring more runs and winning games. But more, more than that, put the stats aside. Again, you're trying to entertain the audience a bit more because the audience thinks the game, the majority of the audience thinks the game has is, is gotten dull. Stolen bases are appealing to the eye. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch athletes make diving plays in the hole it short or diving plays up the middle. That's why, you know, getting rid of the shift is going to allow the athletes to be just that, be athletic. So, so a lot of these moves, and the, I think you can make the case that the, the impetus behind these moves are more audience-driven than they are statistically driven because the game has gone and has grown dull to many that watch it in person, that watch it on TV. So that, to me, is what's driving this, is to just to make the game more appealing and more attractive and more athletic. Let these guys, these amazing athletes, you know, be athletic. And that, to me, that's why I'm in favor of it, and I'm going in open-minded with the ideas. That's when you get home and your nine- and six-year-old go, wow, that was phenomenal. Did that, that guy try to steal well, third base? Yeah. <laughs> right? He I tried to go back and see that again. That yeah. yeah. He tried to take third base, Dad. How many times do people do that? He, he's told, hey, two guys ran on the. Yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly it. Well, I tell you, when you talk about final, and we're getting to the finality here, and you talk about final homestands, I guess to have a, one of the greatest two way players uh, roll through Target Field is, is, is a good place to start, right, Corey? Yeah, don't forget that guy in center. He's not too bad either. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, you know, yeah. he's, he's all right. He's not too shabby himself. But this is a treat. You know, hopefully Mother Nature cooperates. The forecast doesn't look great. But hopefully, you know, hopefully if they, if, if they, if they get rained out tonight, that, you know, Tani, that doesn't impact, you know, him pitching in this series. Because it's a treat. I mean, this will be his first time ever pitching at Target Field. To see an amazing, once truly in, in a lifetime talent, you know, that, that, that is going to be on display at your own ballpark, savor this. This is this is pretty sweet. So a guy that was the MVP last year, you can make a strong case he should be the MVP again this year. If I had a vote, I'd, I'd give it to Judge this year. He's, Aaron Judge has been amazing, but it's not taking away anything from Otani. Otani is incredible. He is the star of stars, and it's awesome for our game what he does. Um, so I hope the, I hope that the, the, the weather cooperates tonight. And that a good crowd. I mean, yes, disappointed that the Twins have fallen flat and fall out of it. But, man, come see something that, that only comes to town maybe once a year. There's no guarantee that when Angels come back next year, they just turn the line up to pitch. Sure. So this is something to savor if, you're, uh, if, you're, if you want to catch a game. Uh, only six left at home before this thing shuts down. I think tonight would be the ideal time. The uh, we'll leave on this because we we talked a lot about the the new rules putting in place and and, and adding a spark to the game of baseball and, and watchability or listenability and, and the excitement of it. You know, Corey, there's a number of I guess storylines in Major League Baseball this year. You mentioned Judge, and certainly that resonates for people in the Red River Valley because of, of where Roger Maris is from, that resonates. Albert Pujols, you know, it's just, I, I guess if you can quietly approach 700, it's a pretty good pretty good story, too, Corey. There are some stories, uh, certainly, uh, in, in MLB this year. I think so. I think Pujols chasing 700. I think Judge chasing the Triple Crown. I think Baltimore trying to do the unthinkable and it find its way to the playoffs. Uh, I think the American League Manager of the Year Award is going to be as contentious as those 
that uh, are dealing with the MVP award right now because there are three really good candidates for that. It's Rancona, it's Service, and I would put Brandon Hyde right there as well, even if Baltimore doesn't make the playoffs. Yet, uh, you know, the Twins are out of it. The White Sox just got swept. So the AL Central, there's no drama there. But you're right, Jack. There's still some really cool things here uh, to follow this season and to, 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 to study and milestones to be had. So Paul's doing what he's done. Uh, it, it, it has taken a huge second half to even make this a possibility that this guy was going to get to 700. And here he is on the doorstep of uh, doing something that so few have done in our great game. That is blast. 700 Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, Corey Provis also does uh, college football at a high level, a Big Ten uh, game this week. He'll be in West Lafayette, Indiana, calling uh, Purdue football this weekend. Corey, always a treat. And again, thank you sincerely uh, for your kind words at the, at the start of our conversation. Have a great call this weekend, my friend, and we'll, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? Hi, Jack. We'll talk to you next week in the uh, Motor City. Thanks, pal. Here he is, the radio voice of the Minnesota Twins, Corey Provost. Talk a little baseball today. Again, Corey's appearance on the Jack Michael Show, brought to you by Dean's Bulk Service. We go. Jack Michael Show. Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson with you, wrapping things up on a very busy weekend coming up, and you know, tis the season anyway. That's kind of how it works out. With this, uh, got a lot going on college football wise. I always look forward to Saturdays. Obviously, we talk so much about uh, some of the Missouri Valley football conference matchups, but then, as a lot of people know, I love uh, major college football and. You know, Florida and Tennessee both ranked, and it's been a while since we've had both these teams. But, you know, throughout the 90s, that was like one of the games. The, uh, yep. you know, third weekend in September was one of the games that we talked about to really kind of establish who was going to win the SEC East. So that's kind of fun to see that having some relevance again. Yes. And Texas uh, A&M taking on Arkansas. And, you know, Wisconsin, Ohio State's kind of intriguing. I was going to ask you about that. I said, did the Badgers uh, wake up after yeah. their upsetting loss? Yeah. yeah. So they, can they uh, can they make, yeah, can they push the Buckeyes at all, mm-hmm. you think? Uh, no, but I think, <laughs> I don't think they can keep up with them. But if they, you know, can keep it close, it's certainly something that they want for the uh, Big Ten West because a lot of people have picked them to win it. The uh, Fighting Climans will be taking on number six, Oklahoma, and... Yeah, outside of that, I guess it's interesting for Craig Bull, speaking of former NDSU coaches, taking on BYU. I was a pretty good luck against Oklahoma. Yeah, so hopefully they you know can do it, right? He's kind of upset them climbing as a couple of times and yep. and so yeah, so so if you're a fan of the former on Fox, you can catch Kansas State Oklahoma and then ESPN two nine fifteen our time, BYU hosting Craig Bull in Wyoming. And uh yeah, so that's kinda interesting interesting to see how that uh, is all gonna play out and uh, but as we mentioned, Michigan State and the uh, Gophers coming up tomorrow. That's going to be on Jack FM. And UND taking on Southern Illinois in a very interesting matchup in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Because, you know, Southern Illinois, they're coming back and one and two in the season. They obviously want to. Coming off a big win, by the way. They're, yeah, they're, Northwestern. Yeah, so their one win is, I mean, what a weird. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, they, they just got torched. They gave up a ton of points to Incarnate Word. And Incarnate Word, you know, we've talked about right. how the, the the future of the FCS, you need programs like that to get strong and stay strong and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, kind of become the next wave, so to speak, uh, in the, in that league. And they, they torched them pretty good. The loss to SEMO, Southeast Missouri State, was, I think, was a little bit surprising there. And then, right. Because, I mean, there was, Jack and I had talked about that where, you know, he might be looking at that game with UND potentially that 
you know, the Salukis are 0-3 and, and fighting for their season, and lo and behold, they take advantage of four turnovers and and uh, win that one late against uh, against Northwestern. So yep. uh, I got that. Dragons are at Winona State this week. Uh, Always really tough. Two yeah. tough trips for the Dragons next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, just kind of odd, though, the schedule. They go Winona this week and then at Duluth next week before they get a couple Ouch. back. Before they get those home games back, they get two uh, two in a row after uh, that in uh, mid, um, mid-October. And your alma mater has... Uh, Gus Davis got the oh. conference opener with St. John just around the corner. All right, and that's at St. John's, right? So, uh, yes, I, believe, I believe, so. I believe that is in Collegeville. We yeah. were kind of looking at that, uh, you know, last year at this time, but uh, we'll see how the uh, whole weather hangs on for that uh, situation. So, always a fun, and it looks to be better next weekend, probably this weekend. So, it might be a nice, beautiful afternoon next week to go down to Collegeville to take that uh, game in. If Concordia can get rocking and rolling here, it would be nice to see them uh, get their opening uh, weekend going. Um, you know, as far as baseball is concerned, we're kind of – I don't know what uh, – is there much drama left? I mean, a lot of the teams are clinching. It's just kind of more positioning than, than anything else, right? I mean, there's a lot of good races, I guess, as far as the wild cards. Wild card's and- interesting. You're kind of positioning for wild cards a little bit. Um, yeah, if you look right now in the uh, in the standings, uh, Major League Baseball, Yankees have clinched in the east. Uh, Cleveland, yeah, as Corey and uh, Jack mentioned, they, they pretty much put away the White Sox this it's week. Over, so yeah. it's pretty much over. There's seven up with 12 to go. Uh, wild card races are this uh, in the AL pretty interesting as wait for those to load up. Yeah, because I mean the National League East, you got the Mets and Braves. Braves they're yeah. fighting it out. St. Louis should be able to walk away with it, and the Dodgers. I mean that's that's been over for wild a while. cards right now. You would be Toronto, Tampa, and Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of positioning. I think if you know if you're sitting in that third spot like Seattle is, you take your chances in a three game series at Cleveland. I would think right. And you take your chances. Um, you know, in the National League, Milwaukee's about two and a half back of Philly for the third wild card, and that's about really the only kind of the only drama there. You've got Atlanta, uh, the Padres, and the uh, and the Phillies in that regard um, for the for the wild card. The yeah, Phillies there. are kind of quietly in there. You know, they surpassed the Brewers and they kind well, of that's without Harper too, which mm-hmm. is uh, you know, which was is, hanging out. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, right. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, so that going on. High school uh, schedule tonight. You know, some really intriguing. Some really good matchups in, in just about every class in North Dakota and uh, on the Minnesota side as well. In fact, let's get that uh, schedule out. In uh, 11A and 11AA, 11AA has been just really, you know, has been a, pretty much a number one team every week and there's been probably more parity in that class than we've yeah. had in quite a while. But uh, a couple of matchups. Mine out at Davies is going to be interesting. Davies now the new number one. They've got uh, uh, a nice mix of some skilled players with Claybo at quarterback and uh, and Lucked and Lorenz, and they've got a nice defense that came up with some big plays against uh, West Fargo last week. Uh, they'll get a Minot team that um, has already picked off Mandan, uh, was number one at the time, so that's an interesting matchup. Long trip for the uh, for the Magi. In 11A, you've got Fargo North, number two right now in the uh, state behind Jamestown there at Fargo South for that uh, rivalry. South just one loss. Uh, Century still looking for their first win at Shanley tonight. We'll see how much... If we do get some rain, we'll see how much the weather will be a factor. Wind and wind could potentially be an issue. Our game tonight here on the fan will have a couple of nine-man teams, a couple of good rivals, Hankinson and Winemere Lidgerwood, both four and one. Both their losses to Mayport CG. That'll be about six forty on our pregame, seven o'clock kickoff from Winemere tonight on the fan. Also a nine-man, you got a top-five matchup: Lamore Lichfield Marion. Lobos have not given up a point this year. 
in five games. They're at Mayp- uh, Mayport CG, who's number four in the uh, rankings this week. They are five and zero, and they uh, they own wins over um, uh, Winemere, Lidgewood, and Hankinson. That both their losses came uh, to uh, to the Patriots. So those are a couple of highlight matchups. North Dakota nine man in eleven B. You've got Oaks at Kindred. Number one, Kindred has uh, pretty much steamrolled everybody in their path to this point, and they'll get an Oaks team. It's been a nice surprise. Uh, they surprised Central Cass in week two, and they uh, uh, they have played very well. Greg Dobitz says teams uh, got some real good skill guys. That'll be in Kindred tonight. Uh, another good one up in Region 2, which is uh, pretty wide open. Four really good teams there. Langdon, Edmore, Munich, Thompson. Thompson unbeaten at Langdon tonight. Plus you've got Botno and Hillsborough Central Valley in that region as well. So, Right now, it would be those four in the postseason, and there's going to be, and you've got regions one and two, those regions in the east would square off in the first couple of rounds. You might have some really, uh, really great matchups in those first two rounds of the playoffs once that takes place. And in Minnesota, Spud's got a big game tonight with Alexandria. Yes. Section matchup there. Um, your, uh, your hometown team, the Trojans and Osakis, who had a yep. wild game a year ago. Yes, it was square, back and forth. Affair, yes, yes, and they uh, square off, and Osakis had a six double A. And Barnesville right now heads and shoulders after their win. Uh, they sit there at eight double A and mm-hmm. um, and made a statement last week when they uh, thumped Pelican Rapids. So yeah, DGF, uh, you know, obviously defeating Perm last week, I do believe it was, and they move on uh, taking on East Grand Forks. Yep, this they're weekend. at East uh, East Side. That's a, they're uh, the favorites in eight triple A, and so mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that they're not even the same uh, division anymore as some of the old Heart of Lakes foes that they once had. And so yeah, it's it's a fun weekend coming up here on uh, both sides of the river. Is uh, coming up on uh, NFL uh, action this week, and should mention that the obviously KFGO AM and FM will have the uh, Lions and Vikings, which is you know Lions at home. You kind of got to get this right. You got to go two and one. This is kind of oh, absolutely. A, we're not thinking much about. You got to win your divisional games. You're one to zero so far after beating the Packers. You don't want to uh, fall behind here. And then uh, the later game, the the Sunday night game is going to feature well Jimmy Garoppolo taking on the Broncos and. What is everyone's going to be looking at uh, Hackett, right, and see if he gets everything right? <laughs> I mean, the, the coach of the Broncos, I don't think anyone, I've never heard of a crowd in the NFL football counting down the play clock before because of so many delay <laughs> games. I mean, well, I've been watching football for right, a long time. Right. I don't ever Both remember have. that happening. Yeah, boy, the first two weeks, they have just been a mess. We saw it on display at Monday Night Football, and then they really had to eke one out against a, uh, a Texans team that's not uh, not very good. Mm-hmm. This is, like I said, well, it's definitely one the Vikings got to get, you know, home with the Lions, but this is not, um, you know, they're still the Lions, but this is a team, and we saw this in both games last year, they're going to play, you know, that Dan Campbell's a different cat as yeah. a coach, but he gets them to play hard. You know, he's, they he's play got, for him hard. Yeah, yeah they do. Sure. He, he's kind of, they bought into that, and, you know, I think if, I think we saw with the Vikings, you know, they probably were, well, they were ranked too high after the win over the Packers. Kind of gave back to reality. I think they're somewhere in the middle. Um, I think defensively they can get some heat on Goff. If I think they if, if they can do that, I think they can force him into, into, into some mistakes. And I think the defense can be more of a factor this week than they were uh, on Monday night. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously uh, the, the big TV game is going to be the 12s facing each other, and that's going to be something we'll monitor on Couch Potato Radio after the Vikings game coming up on Sunday with uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers heading down to Tampa, and which might be, what, a 60-40 split probably with as far as who the fan base goes and the stands. And and uh, the Buccaneers, obviously, this is the time where you know most Viking fans are going to be pulling for the Buccaneers to go 3-0 and zero 
if they can pull it out and, and defeat the Packers on Sunday afternoon, it's going to be a really intriguing matchup with two. You know, and this is the one game where they don't have Mike Evans either, which is a big right. loss going into this. If you're you know, kind of a Vikings fan, you're frustrated. Why do you have to get a fight last week? You didn't realize how much that was going to affect that game. So. How uh, Jack and I were talking about this yesterday about the you know the the matchup is that appointment television for you is that does that still means something the Rodgers Brady thing and you know I think the argument I present is well they might do this in the postseason you never know right well and I, I think it's it's kind of kind of commonplace because of that the last few years right so I don't think that I think for us here in the upper midwest it's it anytime the Packers are on primetime tv it's appointment t- you know radio or tv right oh, sure. I mean, that's kind of you're, pu- you're pulling f- for whoever they're playing usually so that and that's kind of the weird but is and it's a good question that you bring up because let's say you are not a NFC follower, right? Do the folks in Kansas City care about this matchup between the twelves as much? I mean, do they care about it as much in Seattle or or Denver? You know, that's that's a very good question. Uh, nationwide, is it still going to draw? I'm guessing it will. I'm guessing it will. So we shall see. It is weird. I, I you know the Monday night game. I don't know what you thought. Aikman and Buck on Monday nights, it's weird, but it does give it a bigger time feel, doesn't it? I, I, cause... Well, it, Monday Night Football sorely needed that. Um, yes. It just sorely needed that, just for it, just to give it a little bit of panache. I mean, that was just the thing that, you know, when it, when it reached it, when it was at its peak in the 70s, and I would say into the 80s as well, it was a lot about the personalities, you know, with Howard and, and, Absolutely. and, and Don. And, and, and even... The, even you had some of that with, you know, Al Michaels was a, you know, and is a consummate professional guy. And you had some guys, you know, Gifford was, Gifford was still, you know, a name in Dan Deardorff and what they did. And they tried Dennis Miller for a year and that was different. And, yeah. And Kornheiser. And they tried different things there. And they just kind of let it die on the vine for a little bit. And the Sunday night package kind of became the, the, the premier package. And 100%. It, yep. it is weird. Um, but I saw one, um, I saw something on Twitter. They're talking about listening to Joe Buck do Monday Night Football, and they posted the football card of Johnny Unitas with the um, with the Chargers. <laughs> kind of at the end of his career, it just seemed like you know it. The one thing I will miss, and you know, Joe Buck gets a lot of criticism, and some of it justified. I don't think a lot of it is. I think he's a very. good I'd player. say ninety percent of it isn't. Yes, um, I'm going to miss him doing baseball. I, I prefer yeah, him doing point. baseball than I do the NFL. I mean, I think he does the NFL fine. I thought he's he's a, he's a good baseball announcer. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. That is the one thing we'll miss with him being you know off of Fox. Now, I, I, you bring up a very good point there, and maybe somewhere down the road, he might be doing Sunday nights. I mean, and that if he would, wants, maybe he doesn't want to anymore. You know? Well, that could be too, and I do have a gentleman who may know that firsthand. I may, may like I say, you, you've kind of got it in there. Yeah, as with uh, uh, my friend Dave Moulton, who's a spotter for Troy Aikman, so that might be a good question to ask him if he's even interested in it. So, it, it my I, funniest thing for Joe Buck haters listening right now is, <laughs> I know this for, I know this for a fact. Even St. Louis Cardinal fans don't think that he's fair enough to them. Okay, <laughs> right. All right. So just put that in perspective. Joe Buck hates your team, yes. Because my favorite is every year it comes up where they don't, you know, it'd be like Packer fans were sending that petition that Joe Buck wouldn't do their games. Now think about that. What do we say as Viking fans all the time? The fans around here, who, oh, they love Aaron Rodgers too much. Packer fans having petitions for him not to do the games. Put that in perspective, ladies and gentlemen, that, you know what, um, everyone, he gets excited on big plays because that's what he's rooting for is the story go watch the minneapolis miracle if you don't think that's a good call i'm sorry you're missing the point if you don't think he was excited seeing that play by stefan diggs against the saints 
you're totally missing what yeah. broadcasting's he, all about. He hit a level that not a lot of play-by-play guys can hit on yeah. that call. I think of that call, and there was the one in the World Series, the COVID year, when Tampa won that one, when they there was a ball that was booted, and they had a guy thrown out of the plate, and they dropped the ball. There's, I mean, there's all this chaos going on mm-hmm. in the base paths, and he nailed it. Yep. He's Just a pro. nailed it. He's a pro. You can hate him all you want for many different reasons, but... Go ahead and hate Collinsworth for saying the same thing over and over again. But uh, I don't know. I think Buck and Aikman are very Here's a guy. Good. <laughs> no, here's a guy. <laughs> Who very does a very, very good job. So, yeah, busy weekend sports. If you follow our Facebook pages on our stations, uh, Facebook pages will get you all the details and that to keep you up to date because, you know, tomorrow's a busy one. Obviously, the Twins will be here on the fan, and we're going to have college football over on Jack FM with the Gophers taking on Michigan State. Then we have UND taking on Southern Illinois tomorrow afternoon on KFGO. Sunday, it's a lot of football coming up with the Vikings kicking things off at 11 a.m. So All right, very good. To- All right, Jack's back on uh, Monday. Have a great weekend. we got football tonight here on The Fan with Hankinson and Weinmere Lidgewood. Bring him about 645.